Before we start the show, just a word from our sponsor, Undeniable Press. For all your screen printing needs, located in the Corktown District of Detroit, Michigan. If you ever need any t-shirts or any other little promo accessories, posters, or whatnot printed up for you, go to Undeniable Press. They're located, once again, in the Corktown District of Detroit, Michigan. And you can uh, reach them at facebook.com slash undeniablepressdetroit. And those same guys who do Undeniable Press also have a clothing line called 20 by 20 Apparel. It's very much wrestling themed. All sorts of nostalgic themes in regards to the history of wrestling. And you can go check out their clothing line at 20x20apparel.com. That's the number 20x, the number 20, apparel.com. Now let's start the show. Fresh is the word. I'm Jim Duggan, got long wood for plenty hoes. I keep it fresher than fresh, but you already know. You suckers bummy, I'm money, I got a ton of flows. My weed loud like a motherfucking thunder roll. Your shit quiet like you ballin' on a budget though. We see your kicks and we laugh and yelling what it goes. You see me shining like a suit on puffy. You know my grind and shit is too strong, buddy. That's why the dude call money. I be stuntin' like it's nothing at all. Cause it's nothing to me, it's probably something to y'all. Trying to smoke like me, then come and fuck with your dog. Got a closet full of kicks, you can't cop it tomorrow. And I'm fresher than the freshest, you can tell it's in my essence. Bitch, you see the way I'm rapping? Yes, I do this shit to death. I tell I'm running out of breath. I tell somebody cut a check. But either way, you know it's fresh. But either way, you know it's fresh. Fresh. We fresh. 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 Welcome to Fresh is the World. I'm your host, Kay Fresh. This is the podcast about music, pro wrestling, and MMA. And we got an amazing show for you today. Big guest. But before I mention that big guest, definitely want to tell you how you can help out the podcast. You can always go to freshisthepodcast.com. And share any of the links that are on the website on any of your social medias. That would be fantastic. And you can also click on the link that says support the podcast. And there's a PayPal link that you can donate to. Along with an Amazon link. If you're ever going to make any Amazon purchases, use that link. And it'll give us back a little bit of commission. That'll help out the podcast. You can also... Follow Fresh is the Word on Twitter and Instagram at Fresh is the Word number Fresh is the Word one. That's Fresh is the Word the number one, or on Facebook at Facebook.com/slash Fresh is the Podcast and give us a like on there. And you can go ahead and share anything on the Facebook page too on your Facebook. That would be awesome. And also, you can subscribe to Fresh is the Word on Stitcher and iTunes. All you need to do is just go search Fresh is the Word. It'll come up, hit subscribe. Then it'll automatically download each week. That's awesome. And you can also give us a, uh, a rating if you want, preferably five stars, and give us a comment. And if you comment, I'll definitely read it on the podcast. That's no problem. Big guest this week. Probably one, probably somebody who would epitomize what this podcast is about. None other than the Ayatollah of Rock and Rolla, 
the Lionheart, Chris Jericho. Yes, Chris Jericho. You get to hear my conversation with the great one. I am a Jericho-holic. I am a friend of Jericho. He has recently, you know, ended his current WWE run, which was fantastic, one of the best runs of his entire career, to uh, take some time out to finish the Fozzie album, the, the band that he, his rock band, Fozzie. They just released a new single and video called Judas, which I'm not even, no shits about it. Best single that they have ever done, leaps and bounds. It's such a huge step forward for Fozzie. And we go, we talk about that. It's an amazing, it's a, it's a really good song. And the video is awesome too. It just got past a million views on YouTube. And I just can't wait to uh, hear the rest of the album because because from what Chris Jericho told me told me in this in this interview you're about to hear there's you know it's one of those albums where it might have like five or six singles so we get into uh you know working on the new album uh how they uh you know worked with a different producer this time you know and how his uh his rock career and his uh wrestling career kind of you know are full circle with each other, how they how it helps out each other. So we definitely talk about all that. It, I had definitely, definitely had to sort of tone down my fandom. I was I'm a, I'm a professional. I'm a professional when it comes to interviewing people, big or small, tall or huge. It doesn't matter who it is. I keep it professional, but the whole time my inner my inner self was 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 jumping around like I can't believe I'm talking with Chris Jericho. Anyways, let's get to the interview with Chris Jericho. All right, Chris Jericho, thank you for uh, doing this uh, interview with me, uh, taking the time out to do this with me. No problem. All right, cool. Uh, the new single Judas is out now, and it looks to be number one everywhere, beating out. John Mayer and Papa Roach songs. Um, is the album ready yet? No, the, the, the idea was to put the single up first, and then the record will come out in a few months. It's kind of uh, a game plan. And, you know, to create a buzz and reintroduce Fozzie to the world. And, and, and I'll tell you what, this is definitely by far the, the biggest song we've ever had, uh, the biggest buzz we've ever had to have, you know, number one on the iTunes charts in metal and rock and roll in uh, 10 different countries now. And it's the biggest success we've ever had with the song. And it just came out, you know, on, on Friday. And the video just came out on Tuesday, and it's already had half a million views. So it's a really cool time right now. Gigs are selling out. Um, you know, the, the buzz for the band is bigger than it's ever been. So it's, uh, like I said, it's a pretty cool uh, week for us right now. Definitely, yeah. And from the sound of Judas, this sounds like a huge step forward creatively for the band. You know, what's the whole mindset of yourself and the rest of the band going into making this new album? Well, I mean, it was sort of progressed um, from the last record. And I think all of our albums since 2010 have been better than the last. There's been a lot of... Uh, diversity on those records uh there's been a lot of you know experimentation which really paid off but i think on this record we wanted to make a cohesive unit of songs and uh, not worry so much about you know if the song doesn't need a guitar solo you don't put a guitar solo in we've always been like that but this time we really focused on it plus we work with a guy called johnny andrews who produced the record with us he did lights go out 
was co-writing it and thought um, thought it'd be cool to have it involved for the whole record. So there's a whole different slant on it. Whereas in the past, Rich and I were in charge of everything, and this one we were in charge of nothing. Everything had to go through like the Johnny Andrews, uh, you know, ringer, so to speak. So that really paid off too because we had some great chemistry with them and learned a lot from each other. And I think that's why I mean, if this was like. 1987, where you'd have an album like Pyromania that had five or six singles. Yeah. This album has five or six singles on it. Right. Which is really cool. And like I said, if you thought Judas is good, wait till you hear some of those songs on the record. They're just as good, if not better. So it's, it's like I said, it's, it's, it's cool to be sitting on these songs and this record and knowing just uh, how good everything is and also basking kind of in the glory of what Judas is doing. Right. Working with Johnny Andrews, uh, bringing him into the fold, you know, what what did what did he bring to the table? You know, how did you, well, how did he bring the best out of you guys? Just from a different background, he, you know, he's very much into not so much into the heavy metal bands. He's more into you know the Depeche Mode side of things, along with kind of more indie rock kind of stuff. So I, I think the most important thing, and Rich and I know this as well, is. A good song is a good song, no matter what style of music it is. A hook is a hook, and then all that matters is what's best for the song. And I think more than ever, that's really what what, what happened on this record. Like usually, I write almost all the lyrics on every album we've ever done. This time, I submitted my you know 14 sets of lyrics, and Johnny Yoke used two of them. And you know, so if it's an ego standpoint, it's like well, I only had two songs on the record, but. Who cares? Who cares who wrote the song? Right. I'm singing them. They're, they're my songs just by the fact that I'm the one who's introduced into the world of my voice. And that's fine with me. I don't care if I ever write any songs. As long as the song is good and people like it, um, that is, that's more important than anything. So, and like I mentioned before, you know, you know, guitar players want to have guitar solos. There's maybe only four or five guitar solos on the whole record, but you don't miss them. You don't notice it because songs are so strong and if something didn't benefit the song it got cut okay and there's no e egos being hurt it's just the way it is all we care about is the songs and that's that's why once again why the record is so good why judas is so good because all that matters is what you're hearing when, when, when you play it on your radio right not all the work that went into it behind the scenes right with um with your past uh, WWE schedule and doing the podcast, how did you balance making time to, uh, you know, do this Fozzie project this time? To do the record? Yeah. Well, I mean, the, thing, the good thing about being a singer is that I go into the studio, I do my stuff, we've recorded a lot of songs, it's basically 11 or 12 days, you usually bang out a song in a day. Right. So once I go in there and lay down my tracks, I'm done. So we start recording in January, and I would go to Atlanta for a day or for two days, depending on when when I could, you know, get away. And WWE, I was working basically maybe ten to twelve shows a month, so I wasn't super packed. Uh, I was still busy, but it made it a little bit easier to pop into the studio. And I knew we were going to be recording in January and February, so I specifically designed my, my schedule to have a little more open time so I could come to Atlanta and do the work that needed to be done. Definitely, definitely. When did you, when did in your whole life, did you have this idea that you wanted to be in a rock band? Was there a time when you just realized that you might have this potential to be a lead singer? I mean, I've been playing in bands since I was 13 years old. It's, 
it's something that I've always done. Yeah. And when I was a kid, you know, anybody that knows my story, I've said it a million times that, you know, when I was a kid, I wanted to be in a rock band and I wanted to be a wrestler. Those were my two dreams. Yeah. And that was very early on. I remember, I remember when I was maybe, like I said, 10 or 12 or 13, really taking wrestling and really getting into rock and roll and thinking, like, I'd love to do, to do one of these things or do both of these things. And, um, uh, so I've been doing it my whole life, you know, and now to get to this level, the Fozzie, and to get where I got in WWE, it's cool to know that, you know, these dreams that I had when I was a kid, it has been a lot of hard work and a lot of sacrifice and a lot of bullshit, but at the end of the day, I did it. Right. And um, didn't, didn't listen to anybody who told me I couldn't do it. I don't have any interest in people like that. And even to this day, I was talking to Taylor Monster yesterday, I was at a festival, pretty reckless, and I was like, you know, her and I are very similar. We both left our respective fields to go play music, despite what you know, critics thought about that. Like, right. You can't do this because you're a wrestler. You can't do this because you're an actress. And it's like, I think there's a lot of people in the world that take offense to the fact that somebody actually wants to do more than just one thing. Right. But those type of, those type of people don't concern me. All I care about is being creative. And if my name goes on something, it has to be a thousand percent you know, great. And we've been able to achieve that with, with Fozzie and, and the WWE. And there's, there's no band on the planet that we're scared to play with. Um, you put us on stage with anybody and, and we will hold our own or blow them away. And I don't care if it's Metallica <laughs> or Guns N' Roses or U2 or anybody. I <laughs> right. Whatever. So, I mean, and that helps as well because I have 27 years of, of show business experience working the crowd and that sort of thing. So, right. like I said, I, I think another reason why Judas is so big is it, it's the right time for us. Yeah. Already. You know, we, we've learned so much in the last five, six, seven years that had we had the success that we're having right now earlier, we might not have adapted to it as well. We might not have been able to, to live up to it. But now, we're definitely ready for that. And it's, like I said, it's a really, it's a really cool time to be in Fozzie right now. Awesome. When starting Fozzie, outside of critics and whatnot, were you know did other rock and metal bands warm up to you guys to warm up to you coming from the wrestling world at that time? I think it was it was musicians that got us more than uh, than, than anybody off the bat. Like Zach Wilde's big fan of Fozzie, the guys at Sevenfold, guys at you know Dream Theater. I mean, we had a really good rapport with a lot of different bands. Slash, Slash loves Fozzie, you know, and. Uh, Gary King loves Fozzie. That's, that's, we always have that respect from our peers. We have, we have a great rock and roll band. These aren't guys that are just right. you know, starting out. And Rich Ford and Frank Monster have been playing together for 25 years and, and been playing... Yeah, know, Stuck Mojo. Yeah. 20 years. Yeah. You know, Paul DeLeo used to play bass with Billy Joel, for God's sake. Right. Paul Simon. Like, these are guys that are, that are veteran, amazing players and great showmen as well. So when Fozzie shows up, if you know us, you know what to expect. If you don't, kick your fucking ass. Like, Who the hell were those guys? <laughs> right, right, right. We love that. I love, play, I love playing festivals because you'll see that always from people in the crowd and people watching from side stage as they slowly go like, oh my gosh, what is, what is this? We like that. Right. What are some of your fondest memories of those early years of putting this band together? I think just just doing it, you know, actually putting together a band and going on the road and touring, and then making a record, and this was never supposed to be anything. Like, 
I was looking at putting together a band, but I didn't really know anybody. I happened to have a chance meeting with Rich uh, backstage at a WCW show. He was doing some work with Stuck Mojo and uh, DDP. Um, you know, we just we just became friends, and, and we just, like, he had this thing in Atlanta called Fozzie Osborne that was just like a jam band, a cover band. And he's like, well, if you want to come sing with us, come on down. And I happened to be hurt or something, so I came to Atlanta and we did a couple shows. Right. And because of who was in the band, because it was Chris Jericho from wrestling and, and Stuck Mojo, who had a lot of steam at the time, there was like a bidding war for, for, for a record, and <laughs> never expected that. So once we had the bidding war, we, we did what any self-respecting musician would do. We took the record contract and started from there. That's kind of, you know, I, I think my favorite thing is, is the transitioning from the Fozzie of old to the Fozzie of new. It's almost like there's two separate bands with the same name. Almost like Pantera. There's two Panteras. There's right. the original one that did Metal Magic and, you know, kind of more of a Van Halen type thing. Yeah, Judas big Priest. hair. <laughs> and then you have the Pantera with Phil and Selma where they became Pantera. So, you know, like I said, I, I think Fozzie has the same vibe where there was two separate bands uh, under the same name. And it's been cool to kind of reinvent and, and, and you know, show all this, all, all the stuff we've been talking about, knowing that you know, we're, we're in the big leagues now, and we're playing with the Metallicas of the world. So if you're not great, you're not going to last very long. Right. And, and we have no problems knowing that we have all the attributes that we need, including a huge hit song now, to, to, to get even higher in the food chain. Right. Uh, well, a lot of people talk about your, uh, your big WWE debut and then all the accolades that you've had in WWE. One of the things that really always stuck out, my, stuck out in my mind about the Chris Jericho persona came back in the WCW era. For a while, you were, you know, the Lionheart, and you were this great wrestler in the ring, you know, with, you know, the Rey Mysterios and the Dean Malenkos and whatnot. But then, all of a sudden, they decided to put a mic in your hand, and all of a sudden, you're the Ayatollah of rock and roll. And this is a persona that we, we would see in Fozzie, and then we would see in your WWE run. At that time, whose idea was it to finally put the mic in your hand and let you roll with it? You know, what was the backstage, you know, talks about, um, about all that? And, and how did that time in WCW help you transition into Fozzie? Hey, like, I always had that. It's just they gave me a chance to actually do that. I didn't just invent that persona. Like I was, you know, in Japan or Mexico yeah. or, you know, working in the Indies in, in Canada. I was, you know, especially as a heel, I always had that persona as a baby face as well because I always wanted to be like the ultimate uh, rock and roll front man in the wrestling world, like the Paul Stanley of wrestling or right. Freddie Mercury of wrestling, David Lee Roth, guys like that. So I basically took a lot of that character from, from rock and roll and then when we formed Fozzie, I took a lot of that character from wrestling that steal the soul from rock and roll and kind of, it was all in one big circle. Right. Because all it is is connecting with the audience. You have to connect with, with the crowd. No matter what you're doing, if it's stand-up comedy or music or wrestling or dancing, ballet dancing, whatever it may be, you have to have that connection with the live audience. Yeah. And that's something that I've always been able to do because of, of working on the microphone. So it's been reciprocal. I mean, there's a lot of stuff, especially my last run in WWE's I was leaving I would close the shows by putting all the cities on the list. <laughs> but it'd be a total ball game. Like, you know, how you doing tonight? Chef, did you have a good time tonight? And would be like, you sound like you're, you know, fronting a band up there. That's, <laughs> it's the exact same concept because people cheer. Right. So whether it's a wrestling crowd or a music crowd, they're going to react the same way. And I know this because I'm 
probably the only guy that's ever done both, you know, so at the highest levels of these, this is not dabbling, this is like two full-blown careers. Um, I think there's a benefit because I, I, I know both sides of the coin, which helps me when I'm you know, in front of a crowd, whether right. it's a big crowd or whether it's a little crowd. Right. And there's, and there's, there's intricacies to working both of them as well. Right. You've always been someone, whether it was in wrestling or with your uh, your um, Talk is Jericho podcast and the podcast network and in your time in rock music, that you always help put over other talent and make the business as a whole better or make it more of a community. What's always been the motivation behind doing that? Well, I mean, if you're talking in wrestling at this point, like, not deciding if this is about Chris Jericho. Nothing's going to change that. And I could lose a thousand matches in a row, give me a microphone, and nobody cares. Right. <laughs> I know this. You still have to win once in a while, but most of the time, for me, I don't have to do anything but just talk. So when you guys come in, of course I want to, want to you know, I just put them over, but of course you, you want to uh, have the benefit from, from being in the ring with me. And, and, get them up to the next level, which gives me more guys to work with and makes more stars than this. And same with Talkers Jericho. Like when I have some people on, there's, there's no rules to, to Talkers Jericho. I have on whoever the fuck I want, whatever I want. Right. I don't care. And there's people that want to come on that I won't have on because I don't feel a connection. But I know if somebody comes on the show, that it's going to be a good show. That's, I think, why podcast is so successful, over 200 million downloads at this point, because people know when they listen to an episode that they're going to be interested, whether they know who the guest is or not, and that's another thing I take great pride in, so there's a lot of people I have on that have no forum, or maybe haven't done much, or, or maybe are misconstrued, like when I had Roman Reigns on, everyone was like, oh my god, he's the greatest guy ever, because he is, <laughs> a lot of people boo him, because that's what you're supposed to do, and so they're like, are we supposed to hate this guy, he's, but he's funny, he's charismatic, he's you know, chatty, and that's why I wanted them on, so people could hear the real Roman Reigns. Right. So I'll do that from time to time, too, to be like, okay, this, this guy's getting an unfair shade or reputation. I want people to hear the real person. Right. So there's that side of it, too. There's bands, like, you know, there's this band that I'll have on that I really like, that maybe aren't super popular, but I don't care. I like them. And maybe you might like them, too. So I can use that kind of media clout to, A, talk to people that I want to talk to, or work with the people I want to work with, and B, give them a little bit of the spotlight that they might not get uh, in any other way. Right. Between Over the course of doing Fozzie, and then also doing this um, Jericho podcast later on, you know, has there ever been any like, holy shit moments where you're like, I can't believe I'm talking to this person, I can't believe I just met this person, I can't believe this is happening? Have you ever had any of those moments? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, give me one second. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, th- th- that happens quite often. And the only difference is now I'm not a blathering fanboy. Like, you can be <laughs> in a room with anybody and I'll start a conversation. But I just met Schwarzenegger a couple months ago. Okay. And about well, three days before that, I met Wayne Gretzky. Okay. And those are two guys. I just might click it. The same week, I met Wayne Gretzky and Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, that was pretty fucking cool. Or the time when Jimmy Fallon uh, took me into a room and introduced me to Keith Richards, and I talked to him for 15 minutes. Like, oh. that's a long story. 
story, but yeah. there are those moments where you meet somebody where you, you almost can't believe they're real. Right. When, when I saw Keith Richards, I was like, he's actually a real guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so much that when he's face to face, you almost can't believe it. And I get that quite often, especially with little kids or with people when they see me, they don't quite believe it's me. <laughs> and when I tell them it is me, they'll argue with me. No way. You're not Chris Jericho. <laughs> yeah, I just told you I was. No, you're not. No way. No, okay, well, I'm not going to argue with you. <laughs> you, you know, I am or I'm not, and I told you I was. So either let's, let's talk or let's move on. And little kids, too. I think little kids sometimes can't comprehend that the person they see on TV is actually a, a real person. So, um, yeah, so, so you get all that side of it as well. And, uh, I'm still a fan, right? Fan of everything. So when I meet somebody that I really respect or a fan of or appreciate their work, it is a cool moment. Right. You know? and, and that to me is uh, one of the reasons why I think I relate to my fans so much because I still remember what it's like. Right. You know? Right. All right, one more question before I let you go. I, I just saw um, recently that you teamed up with uh, Represent to have this, uh, this uh, T-shirt, uh, The Goat, where a portion of the proceeds uh, supports the Juvenile Di uh, Diabetes Research Foundation. And I know you've done uh, a bunch of shirts with uh, Re uh, Represent in the past. You know, talk about teaming up with them and uh, to do these shirts. Don't team me up with Represent? I'm sorry, I lost you there for a second. Yeah, I was talking about um, you teamed up with Represent to do the, the, the GOAT T-shirts. Uh, with the proceeds going to the Juvenile Diabetes um, Research uh, Foundation. Yeah. Um, and I know you've done uh, shirts in the past with Represent. Um, kind of, you know, talk about more about doing these t-shirts with them. Yeah, I mean, I just knew they're a great company. Um, and it's kind of like I'm controlling my own purse, but also donating uh, a portion of the profits to, to charity, which I think is a great idea. So I like, I like uh, the company. They're good people. They do great designs. At the end of the day, I can deposit a big fat check to a charity that I believe in. So I think you'll probably see me doing doing the, the represent campaigns probably four, four times a year, five times a year, because they're only on sale for a short period of time. So if you don't buy it uh, within the two weeks that it's available, then it's gone. That, that kind of is a, is a cool motivation thing, too. So right. yeah, just, uh, it's, I, I appreciate the work they do, and I think uh, the fans do, my fans do as well, because it's always a big success. All right, great. All right, Chris, uh, you know, thanks for uh, chatting with me. Uh, w if anybody wants to uh, check out Fozzie, where can they find Fozzie online? Just Google us. We're everywhere. <laughs> FozzieRock.com is the website. <laughs> awesome, awesome. All right, all right, Chris, it's been a great, it's been an honor talking with you. I'm going to miss you uh, when you're away from WWE. Definitely the, the Jericho-holics and the Friends of Jericho are definitely going to miss you during during this time, but... Uh, definitely good luck on the road with Fozzie, and I can't wait to hear the, uh, the, the album. Cool, man. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. All right, cool. And I'll be at the show in Flint when you come to Michigan. Don't kill it, man. Cool. It's a great place. We love, we love the uh, machine drum. <laughs> All right. Cool, man. All right, good luck, Thank and you. take right. it easy, man. Thanks. Bye. All right, later. So that was my interview with the Ayatollah of Rock and Rolla. Fozzie frontman, Chris Jericho. It was an honor to speak with him. And I was glad, ah, dude, I, I'm, I'm a little speechless even, you know, so it, it was awesome.
and uh, definitely go go uh, check out the the video for Judas by Fozzy on YouTube. It's an awesome video. Go uh, download uh, Judas off of iTunes, and uh, be on the search, you know be on the lookout for the you know the full length uh, Fozzy album later this year. Uh, definitely, I I have nothing but high hopes for it. And now it's that part of the show where I'm joined with my co-host. Pro wrestling and MMA connoisseur, Detroit hip hop artist, and proud Marine V Styles. What's up, man? Hey, what's going on, Kelly? How you doing, man? Doing all right. Doing all right, man. Yesterday, I went to my first kickboxing class. That's <laughs> <laughs> good. Yeah. How, how, how you How you feel? Oh, I'm not okay. I'm not as like I'm not I'm not as sore as I thought I'd be, but like my like. My calves are hurting. That's like like the main part. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Like I didn't know. I didn't really know what to expect. I bought like I bought like um the uh these um classes back in um you know back in Black Friday at this place uh Jabs Gym. They have one in uh Birmingham and one in uh, Eastern Market. Uh, yeah, I, I, I bet the jabs out in Birmingham. I seen uh, Will Spit uh, box out there. Shout out to Will Spit. Right, yeah, jabs is pretty nice. Yeah, uh, my friend Niles uh, put me up on the spot because uh, I guess his business partner is the guy that uh, um, you know set up the um, started those gyms. Uh, so okay. I finally got around. I know between being like sick and like work and everything, I couldn't like get out there for the longest time. But I like made myself do it yesterday because like these uh classes that i bought are gonna expire really soon so i was like i'm gonna oh yeah so you had to handle your business <laughs> so i had i'm like all right let me let me let me use these up all right so i finally go out there so i have n- i don't know what to expect on this on this thing what i'm like all right like i'm just gonna go in and like uh, try to keep up whatever you know it's crazy though, man. I, I totally didn't expect this. Uh, you're like in this little room. There's a bunch of the um, punching bags and everything set up. Um, you know, they make it dark, and there's this awesome like sound system in there. So they're playing music and everything. For the most part, mm-hmm. for this whole class, they're playing like electro and like ghetto tech and stuff like that. Um, so, okay. <laughs> and the 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 woman who was like teaching the class, she was on this microphone basically going along with the music you know telling us everything to do constantly man so i literally felt like i was like at a rave or like the music festival or something i didn't know if i wanted to throw punches or if i or if i wanted to start jitting like (laughs) (laughs) but it was super fun it was so good man i i enjoyed it so much so like i can't wait to go do it again um, it's definitely like some, it's like perfectly something that I wanted in my life. You know, I was trying to figure out cause I do yoga on a regular basis, but I wanted something a little bit more active, a little bit more high intense. And, uh, I think okay. that's perfect for me. And I had, a, I, had a, I had a lot of fun with it. So I'm, I'm super geeked to continue to go there for it. Okay. All right. Well, keep, keep at it, man. Oh yeah. Yeah. Keep at it. When it comes, when it, when, when it comes to stuff like that. What's it? Definitely got to keep at it. I said, when, oh. it, when it comes to stuff like that, you got to keep at it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it was just like, uh, I was just, for the longest time, I, between all sorts of circumstances, I just couldn't make it out there. But then other parts of me were like, 
oh, I don't know if I have all the energy to do that. Oh, whatever. But I there's one there's a quote or it's not even like a really quote because I'm gonna be paraphrasing this, and I always keep mm-hmm. it in my mind right now these days. Um, I I uh, I'm always listening to Chael Sonnen's uh, podcast, and one week recently mm-hmm. he's like, he he said, um, it's the days where you don't feel like going to the gym that you need to go to the gym. So. I always, keep, I always keep that. I always keep that in my mind. So anytime I'm, I'm, I'm starting to like puss out on something, because I'm not feeling. I'm like, all right, no, no, you need, you need to go there now, and you'll feel better for going. So I always kind of, right. I always, I always keep that in my mind. Okay, all right, that's real shit. That, that's it. Whatever it takes to motivate you to keep you going. That's what you know. Everybody got own, got their own way of doing it, man. That's that's a pretty good one. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Uh, there's some, uh, some sad news today. Uh, Christopher Big Black Boykins, uh, uh, passed away. Uh, we all know him from, uh, the Robin Berg TV show on, uh, MTV years back. Uh, I think that was like the last TV show that I really watched on a regular basis. I love that, that show. And, um, yeah. I do, and, and, uh, and, uh, we all see on, uh, social media, a lot of people from the MMA community were, uh, uh, sending their condolences out because uh, he came out to a lot of the Bellator and Strikeforce uh, uh, events in the past. So uh, it's uh, super sad to see him go. Yeah, well, a lot of people don't know, you know, um, Black, man, he, um, you know, is one of my, I think he's Mo's, like, first sponsor, one of his first sponsors. Okay. And he always, yeah, he always supported Mo. Um He's a super cool dude, man. I got a chance to hang out with him a little bit in Houston uh, at Kimbo's last fight. You know, we we enjoyed a couple of days, man, just vibing, uh, having fun. And, you know, what was dope is he knew his Detroit hip-hop. You know what I'm saying? You know, he brought up, are oh, you from the D? Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> you know Waste of 5-9? You know Waste of 5-9? I'm like, man, I got records with boys. So, man, that's how our whole, like, shit started. And... You know, I got to telling him, I was like, yeah, man, I'm down here, you know, with my man Mo. He was like, he said, I'm down here to see Mo. So it was like, what? So we started kicking it, and it was just, like, super cool, man. He he owned a security company. He had a lot of work that he was doing, man, and most definitely he was big in the MMA community because uh, he was greeted, you know. You can you, you just tell, you know, motherfuckers knew he – you know, was into it or, you know, he knew about it. You know, he, you know, I'm not going to say necessarily lived it, but, you know, he, you know, he was part of the family, right. you know? So yeah, it, it, it's super sad, man. Um, you know, cool dude, man. I, I got to, got to, you know, have some, some drinks with him and, and hang out, you know, for a couple of days, but uh, it's definitely, you know, it's, it's sad, man. It's like, wow, man, damn, you know, I just seen this dude. Right. You know, so like, wow. You know, so uh, you know, he he he'll he'll be remembered. He'll definitely be remembered, man. I gotta gotta call my, my, my G man, cause uh, you know, rumor was it was a heart attack, man. That's definitely sad, man. But yeah, he knew his Detroit hip hop. He was like, Where's the fun? I was like, Yeah, yeah, I got records with boys. That's my cousin, man. He's like, oh, you know, he, you know, and like I said, that's how we started talking. It was like, we was like magnets, you know, that whole day, man. It was hard to tell in Houston that day, but <laughs> in February, 
It was hot, but yeah, we, yeah, he was a cool dude, cool dude, man, and uh, super sad, super sad. Yeah, definitely, he'll be missed, man. Rest in peace, big black, big black. I yeah, rest in peace, my dope. Yeah, I uh, seeing that this is a the Chris Jericho uh, episode. Um, I know um, you've checked out the the new Fozzy record, uh, Judas, right? Man, that shit dope, dude. Uh, that I, video dope. Yeah, man. The video, the <laughs> video is dope. What makes it dope is it's so simple, and the performances, and it's just it's just dope. It's a, I'm very impressed by you know by Judas. It's a, it's a high record, man. Yeah, and uh, it's 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 like by far the lyrics. In, yeah, it's it's a really good song, and we talk about it in the interview how um, and and he definitely he's he definitely came out and said like, this is the biggest record we've had thus far by far. This is a hit. We finally got like a hit. Um, yeah, you know they've they've been you know and and just creatively it's by leaps and bounds. This is like such a good record from um um in comparison to anything before, and um yeah I agree I. And and I think and we talk and me and him talk about this. Uh, I think it has to do with this time around. Uh, they worked with a uh, a different producer, um, an actually outside producer for the whole record. Um, and because in the past, uh, both Chris Jericho and Rich Ward, who, um, who mm-hmm. won the guy the guitarist of the band, who he originally um, started the band with. Um, you know, they manned all the, you know, the, the production duties and the writing duties and everything. But this time they handed it all over, um, off to an actual, you know, you know, someone outside the, uh, you know, their, um, you know, their own band. You need that sometimes. So, yeah. Right. And, uh, it, I think they were able to, um, I, I think for a while, you know, cause when, um, when Fozzie started, it was a thing that Rich Ward was doing down in Atlanta as like a cover band thing. And uh, he mm-hmm. asked uh, Chris Jericho if you want to come sing with him. Uh, so he went down there. Next thing you know, you know, record labels were in a bidding war to actually have them do an album. But um, it was kind of a novelty thing. And I think over the years, they're they trying to get away from the novelty. And they finally, like, hit that, you know, point where, like, they were able to break away from it with this record. And this actually, is a hit record. Yeah, I listened to it and I was like, "Oh my god!" And I had to listen to it again. And I listened to it. I listened to it three straight times because I was listening to the lyrics. And you know, it's just some real dope shit. <laughs> it's super dope. Right. If you get an opportunity, go to YouTube. You know, uh, look at that video, man. It's you know, it's creative. It's dope performance. And it's a great record, man. You you can't even find it. And it's definitely a hit, man. So if you look at something from, you know that that's new and refreshing that you may have not heard, give this record a try, man. You you definitely uh, won't be uh, dissatisfied. Right. You know, Fozzie's always had you know they're good. They're like a good live band. They're a good fun band or whatever. But I think with this record, it really solidified them as a as a rock band. You know, this was right. this is something that was just like they took it to a new level with it, and I'm like super, I'm super excited to hear the rest of the album, because um, as as uh, Chris um, said in the interview, he's like, do you know those albums that like have like five or six 
hit songs that are good for the radio. Something like you know, like mm-hmm. the, and he and he he had, he gave the uh, example of Def Leppard's Pyromania. He's like, he's man, like, he's like, I feel like this al- album has those sort of songs on it, where you, we have a handful of songs that can be hit songs for the radio. So I am, you know, and I'm super excited to uh, hear, you know, hear the rest of the album, see how it comes out. Um, so, and, and, and this like, and, and I was just thinking about this today and I, um, cause, uh, definitely I feel like having that sort of outside producer come in and, you know, take over the duties can, you know, breathe some new life or take the band somewhere where they wanted to go. And us coming from like a hip hop background, there's like a different, (laughs) there's like a, there's like a different view of what a producer is for in the hip hop world in comparison to like the rock world or other sorts of music. And I I feel like sometimes like in the hip hop world, people don't necessarily understand like what a producer like in the rock world can do for an artist and they kind of yeah. and they kind of close themselves off. I mean, we see I mean, you've seen it all the time because someone like Dr. Dre is that type of producer. He is like the Quincy Jones type of producer or like these rock producers yeah. which which he brings in. He works with other people to produce records. He doesn't just sit there on the MPC and make beats all the time. He works with other musicians and other guys who make beats to create this vision that he has and he has an ear of what he wants but a lot of people in hip-hop don't really understand that or not used to it because of just how hip-hop you know kind of started uh where you just kind of it it was a simple thing where you know you just you know sample breaks and you know do sampling and stuff like that that to a certain extent not all hip-hop ever really got evolved into that whole producer mindset that rock music that rock music always um always had. Yeah, I definitely agree with that assessment. <clears throat> I've been around um people like Gov. Gov is like a real dope producer. And you know, like a producer's job is just it's to, it's to enlighten, it's to bring life, it's to breathe life and to the record and not just the performance of the particular artist that's performing it. You know, sometimes you need bridges, you need melodies, you need certain things, you know, that, you know, it's that, like, it's like Puffy hearing a record and him coming coming in and saying, Put that right there. Yeah. Okay. Put that right there. And it, and it makes the record that much better. You know, most dudes just rhyme on beats and then that's their record. So I, I definitely, you know, producers, real producers don't get enough credit, man. You know, as far as hip hop, you know, it's a couple dudes out there that produce records. I, I believe Notch produces records. Yeah. You know, he's just not a, a, a beat maker. Um, you know, like I, my man Gov, my my dude Moss. There's a lot of dudes out here that's, you know, doing it. Uh, Mr. Porter, Mr. Porter is not a a beat maker. He he's a, he's a dude that produces a record. You know, that listen to the records he's produced for 
you know, Feral Monch. You know, listen to the, you know, it's just totally different. You know, you, you breathe life into a record. Real producer, producers do it instead of just giving a person to beat the rhyme over him. That's it. That's right. corny if you ask me. Right. Yeah, because like in the rock world, in, and I've actually, it's been one of the topics that I like talking with uh, bands um, recently is like, the okay, so-and-so who's producing the record. What did they do? You know, you know, what did they bring to the table? How did they got, how did they make you a better band? And, mm-hmm. and the funny thing is, is like the, the answers vary. Sometimes that producer almost becomes like that, uh, another member of the band. Sometimes they, um, act as almost like, um, they kind of keep things in order. Uh, there's a lot of different roles that like producers, you know, mo- like in the yeah. rock world kind of take, you know, sometimes they, um, they co-write stuff. Sometimes they kind of, um, push the band to, to rewrite things. Um, sometimes. Let me, let me ask you this. Did, did you ask Chris who wrote Judas? Um, no, but he, uh. Those were great. The, the lyrics of that record is dope. <laughs> it's a dope fucking record. I was like, wow, you know. Um, I, I was curious if, if he had a hand at that, or if he co-wrote it with uh, other members of the group, or if the, if that's the producer's record. I wonder if because the that might have been. I wonder if um, if the guy who produced it, Johnny Andrews, if he wrote that record. Right, right. I'm gonna I'm I'm pull that up and let's and look at the credits. It's a great record either way. It doesn't take away from anything. But if that producer wrote that, you know, it's like it's like when you see Babyface in concert and he's singing all the records that he's ever wrote, and you didn't know that he did those records because. You know, people like, you know, Bobby Brown saying my prerogative. Right. You know, and, and, and that's that's the baby face, right? Like, baby face got records. It, it, you know, yeah, the producer can definitely bring life to an artist, man. Them, them do, I think they ready, man. I think they ready. And I think I might, you know, it's going to be, uh, it'll be tough. But I think I might roll out with you, man. I'm really considering that. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, they come to the uh, machine shop in Flint on uh, Tuesday, May twenty third. So I'll definitely be there. But yeah, definitely you, you should come come with me. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm really I'm really like you know what I think that would be cool. That would be super cool. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Hell yeah! And I, I, I in fact I think I'm um, Judas is available uh, for purchase right now, right? Oh uh, yeah, you can. It's on iTunes and Amazon and all of them. So yeah, you can. Uh, yeah, I'm a cop it when we get off. What we doing? Definitely. Uh, switching topics. Um, okay, you know I, I don't necessarily follow boxing too much. You know I just I mm-hmm. kind of pay mm-hmm. attention enough to know what's going on. But let me ask you something, man. Mm-hmm. This Canelo Chavez fight this past weekend. Was this oh was this the closest thing that we would see these days to a work without being a work just to get to that triple G fight? I don't think so. Um, 
I just think. What was the point that, of this uh, fight? You said what was what? <laughs> what was what was really the point of this Canelo uh, Chavez fight, though? Well, Julio Cesar Chavez has a huge following. Yeah. Um. Um. Junior inherited his dad's fans. Yes. Because you still you still having, you know, people that when you talk boxing, uh, boxing at least when you're talking about boxing, you know. In, in in the Hispanic world, you know, Mexicans, Julio Cesar Chavez is God, yeah. you know. So, so um, when he retired, you know, his son basically was groomed to become champion. You know, um, I'm not necessarily the biggest WBC fan um, these days. That's the green belt. Yeah. The green belt, the green belt, um, in my opinion, you know, this is my opinion. I, I think it's just corrupt, man. You know, you have to pay sanction fees to be champion. Um, well, you you have to pay sanction fees to to, to keep your title. Um, Chavez Jr. never really faced tough opposition. Um, throughout his career, he he's been unprofessional. In my opinion, constantly coming in under uh, overweight, um, there have been questions as far as his, you know, drug tests. As far as uh, you know, I, I've heard some things. It's just real questionable. Um, not saying that he pissed dirty or anything like that, but yeah. a lot of people believe that. Um, some people believe that other people, you know, gave him urine to, you know, pass tests. Um, I've, I've hollered at some people and it's like, wow, you know, it, it, it all makes sense, man. But, um, when you're talking about a name, HBO, you know, like I said, this dude has been groomed from the beginning to take over the day, uh, WBC from where, you know, yeah. uh, we've been watching it for a minute. So, um, it's crazy. Bumpy Knuckles calling me right now, and I can't even <laughs> pick the phone up. Um, um, he's been groomed. So basically, when you you're talking about the Triple G fight, you know, with Canelo, yeah, you have to you have to give him a name that fans recognize. And I'm not talking about boxing fans. I'm talking about the casual boxing fan. Okay, you know, all they right. They may not know this person, you know, oh, but they're, oh, Chavez, oh, that's his son, you know, so they go tune in. You know, I believe millions and millions of people watch this, you know, so um, what we were hoping for was Chavez Jr. having his act together, you know. When he came in on weight at 164 because it was a catchweight fight, Yeah, we all looked at it. Like, wow, okay, you know, he looked good. And I had been getting reports that he's in the best shape of his life, and it looked like it that way. So there was hope there. But with me, I always, you know, skills pay the bills. And Canelo is, in my opinion, top three. He he is that real deal. We were hoping for a good fight from Chavez. 
Canelo did what he was supposed to do. You know, so it was more so a glorified sparring match. Canelo <laughs> didn't even sit down on, you know, he didn't sit down in between rounds. Right. So, so you know, it was just easy work for him because his skill level is so complete, whereas Chavez Jr.'s skill level really wasn't there. And here's another point I like to make. Uh, Canelo is a monster. This is the same dude that couldn't hit. He couldn't hit Floyd. Yeah. Couldn't hit him. You know, um, and to me, you know, Canelo is super solid. You know, people should give Floyd a little bit more credit, man. When, when I hear guys say, man, he Floyd, nobody, are you crazy? Canelo is a monster. You know, or, you know, he was going back. Nah, he, I mean, he's gotten better. You get better. You're supposed to get better after each fight, but you know, Floyd is just that good. But Canelo, uh, other than that, Canelo been wrecking shop, so you can't take nothing away from him. That's why I picked him to destroy Triple G when they fight in September. You know, so I think Chavez is winning there, played the part, got a check, and uh, he's still going to get big fights because he's Chavez Junior. Yeah, boxing. Boxing people know, like, this dude's shot, man. I mean, but he has a name. That's just like, you know, um, as much as I love, you know, Ronald Hearns, you know, we watch Ronald Hearns because we was hoping to see his dad again. And that's basically what's happened. happened you know, Chavez Jr., been, he was able to milk, milk the cow. You know, it was he was groomed to be a champion. Yeah, yeah, and not the correct way, the, the the bullshit way, you know. But you you put him in the ring with with somebody that got it, really got it, like Canelo, and you'll see the difference between the real and and, and the fugazi. So that's basically what happened on Saturday to me. I wasn't surprised. I was hopeful that that Chavez could, you know, make me you know be like, wow, ooh, nah. But in my mind, I'm like. Canelo is just too, he too nice. And, you know, he too nice. <laughs> he too nice. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I was just wondering because, I'm, you know, I'm just like, I'm, I'm just seeing the way everything's playing out on social media and everything because I didn't actually watch the fight. And I'm like, I, this seems too weird for me, man. Like, I don't know. Maybe I, I don't understand it all completely, but it it just all seemed too weird about how, how how it all you know went down you know so anyways you know boxing it's all, it's all good night you know the best part of the night you know what's you know what's really funny is I don't often fall asleep during fights I fell asleep in the ninth round and when I woke up that's when the announcement of the triple G fight <laughs> was happening this September and I got excited immediately. That, you know, yeah, so, <laughs> that, that was, you know, that, that was, what, that, that was, that's, that's what was going on on the social media. It, literally what you just said, I'm seeing, uh, I'm seeing on Twitter how people are saying they're just kind of dozing off around the ninth, 10th round, checking their Twitter, checking their fantasy really football happened. or fantasy baseball or whatever. But then they all got super excited when, uh, um, after the fight, when they announced the, the triple G fight. 
Oh man, look, you talking about real? Oh man, I look, bro. I was like, oh yeah, it's time. It's time. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm um, I'm looking forward to that, man. That's gonna be some dope shit, dude. It's gonna be some dope shit. Right, right, right. Switching topics to the world of wrestling. Um, you know what? There's nothing really new going on in WWE this week. During the UK. Both Raw and SmackDown really didn't uh, advance anything. Um, so <laughs> it's like it's like one of those things. It's like one of those things where like like you could you could skip this week of WWE and not lose anything, not like be lost on anything. I'm like, all right, like. I was so I was so I was so ramped up from uh going to kickboxing class that my mind was racing so much that uh I couldn't even pay attention to Raw really. I was just like right. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in wrestling I do have I okay, there's two things I I got to talk about in wrestling though because it did, okay, I got I got like two new obsessions and they're both out of Japan. Okay. The first is this. Uh, it's this wrestling company that's been around since uh, 2011. It's called Stardom. It's all um, women's wrestling. Um, okay. Many, pretty much a who's who of people who have been in the indies have gone through Stardom at one point or another. Um, you know, um, you know, from all over the world. Um, I believe for for a while, for a certain time, then uh, years ago, like um, Asuka was uh, in stardom for a while um, when she was known as Kana. Um, okay. But I'm super. I finally, I just finally just sat down and, and kind of watched some of the matches, and they they got a monthly um, a monthly uh, video subscription uh, called um, Stardom World, and it's it's okay. it comes out to be like six or seven bucks a month, and it's like. I'm sitting here watching these fights, and there's so much fun to watch. It's like none of them are really long. Other fights are eight to twenty minutes. the The more longer fights are probably tag matches, but um, okay. it's all like it's all action, like during those fights. And like, yo, these women go, yo, they they actually get down, man. Like they. They're they're really on that strong style type shit that Asuka does in NXT, man, and <laughs> it is like so it, it's so much fun. There, and the funny thing is, there's no commentary on any of. There's not even Japanese commentary on and on, on any of this uh, on any of these videos. So you're just kind of what, hearing the crowd noise because it's not even a huge crowd, but there's you just hear people yelling. But then you also hear. Mm-hmm. But you also hear the um the wrestlers themselves yelling at each other, so it's 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 almost it's it's kind of just fun to hear the just the natural sounds, but and it's but at the same time it's also a bit calming just to watch them wrestle, and do all these crazy moves and stuff and it's and a lot of a lot of these uh these performers, they 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 have like of kind of like a natural charisma about themselves the way someone like Anaska mm-hmm. has or even Shinsuke Nakamura where they don't really have to talk is they just have a natural charisma so I love watching stardom now like I'm just like I gotta watch a few a few matches like every day 
and I I'm just, I'm just going through like the catalog like and there's this um one of my favorite one of my favorite uh, wrestlers in stardom uh, she goes by the name of Chris Wolf and she's like mm-hmm. um she she's uh I'm assuming she's Japanese but she was she was born and raised in Chicago so she speaks so she speaks fluent English but <laughs> okay she is super she is like but she's weird though like she she's always talking about eating her opponents <laughs> and shit like that cuz cuz like she's a werewolf or something and it's so right. hilarious like she like before the the before they fight like she'll go up to her uh, opponents and start sniffing them like she's a werewolf and uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like you got you got you got to see her she is so like hilarious and all of her little uh, interviews and stuff that they do before the matches are so funny like it, it's crazy um i believe because there's been uh, rumors of like wwe doing the women's uh tournament um right i believe there's a couple of of the uh the women from stardom who uh who are right who have been uh main stardom talent that might be a part of that mm-hmm. Um, there was uh, one stardom uh, wrestler. Uh, she goes by the name of uh, Io Shirai. Uh, I know she had um, a uh, a WWE tryout um, earlier on this year. Uh, she is also super dope. Like, um, but like, it's such a cool. I, I I'm totally obsessed with it. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm. Um, send me. We get off the phone, man. Send me uh, a link to uh, something I can look, man. I, that I want to check that out. Yeah, you got me kind of curious now. Okay, now the next thing I want to talk about is this other thing that I just happened to uh, come across when I was coming home uh, the other night from, uh, from just from work or whatever. Um, I just noticed this uh, this invitation on Facebook. Um, because I'm, uh, Facebook friends with this, uh, um, this, uh, women's Japanese wrestler called, uh, Haku uh, Shida. And she, mm-hmm. has, she sent, she sent out this invitation for a live, uh, Facebook live, uh, broadcast. And mm-hmm. I turned it on and I'm like, what the hell is this crazy shit? Um, <laughs> because because I'm seeing these dudes wrestle, but there's music going on at the same time. There's and and I from what I believe there's like a band like actually they're playing while they're wrestling, and I'm like, what the hell is going? And then oh, the ne- that that sounds that that actually sounds kind of dope. And then then the next moment, like I see people kind of acting out, sort of like a something in the ring. Okay, so I go and do my research on it. Like this, this organization is called Makai, and what it basically is is um, it's like a it's like a musical and a and wrestling put together, mm-hmm. and it's like it's what they called a, a a fighting musical. So, like, on a regular Broadway musical where you'd have like the the scenes, the talking parts, the dialogues, and then they would belt out like belt out songs afterwards and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. kind of replace replace the songs that they're belting out with wrestling matches, and this is what happens. <laughs> I was like, wow. "Wow!" I was I was like, 
this is amazing. Like, um, I'll still, I'll see if it's still on uh, Facebook if they still have it saved on there, and I'll send it to you. Yeah, because it was like, yeah, I, mean, I want to see that. Because this was like, it was so. I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm just amazed by this. I'm like, this is so amazing right now. This, it's so absurd but so amazing. I'm like, I, I want to see more of this, man. This is crazy. And apparently, what, what they were showing was the first, like. It, the the first episode that they've done of this apparently Makai has had other sorts of events too, um, and I'm they might be similar to that, but um, for what this new thing that they're doing this was like the first episode of this particular type of show that they're doing, and I was just like, dude, mm-hmm. this is incredible, man. I'm like, there's music going on while these guys are fighting, and everybody had the and it was all this weird. There was like scenes going on where. It, it was crazy, man. There's a, there there's some sort of story being told, but I wasn't able to uh, to catch it all because I didn't I wasn't watching it from the beginning or anything. But uh, I, I'll definitely try to find it and send it to you because this shit is amazing. And they also have a whole um, uh, Makai has a whole uh, YouTube channel with a bunch of different clips of um of stuff from their past. Uh, I'll send that to you also because it's like Yeah, I want to see this, man. <laughs> this is like, <laughs> this, is like this this is like this is like amazing absurdity at its finest and I'm just like this is this is what I love about like Japanese wrestling, man. They just totally go to these crazy other lengths to like Yeah to do wrestling and everything man so super geek to just keep on watching this shit like i'm like man this is (laughs) 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 right right all right switching topics again to the world of mma where the ufc is still in the weirdest disarray of of all time i don't know um we have we have this Bisbing uh, GSP fight that we have no idea when it's actually going to uh, happen. Uh, sometime after October, uh, GSP says at this time, and this is just pissing off everybody else that's in that middleweight division, um, <laughs> dude. Uh, right? Th- is it from from my advantage? This this sounds like something that is all on the fault of of the UFC. They were trying to get a fight earlier than GSP wanted to do and they kept on trying to push it and push it to be in uh, probably in July and it just you know he didn't want to do that. They still started to keep on pushing it for just the reason of I guess having star power for that July event, you know. Do you think it's this is all on UFC's uh, fault that we're going to have to wait this long and that they announce this thing so early and we have to wait this long for this fight? Of course it's the UFC's fault. Um, these dudes, man, they, like, where's the love? Where, where, what happened to... What happened to the best fighting the best? Right. What happened to that? You know, the, the reason people love the UFC is because the best fought the best. The the champion fought the top contenders. He ran through the top ten. He, he, you know, I mean, I get super fights. I think super fights should be earned. 
Um, and I would never consider this a, a super fight because I just think Michael Bisping is one of the luckiest son of a bitches ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, but again, you got to get in there and win, and that's you know what he's been able to accomplish. So, um, it doesn't matter if it's GSP. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's Yoel Romero. If he's still there, it doesn't matter if it's Lou Rockholm. Um, it's a who's who. Uh, Damian Maya. It's a no. Excuse me. Damian Maya is a world My 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 apologies. But it's still a who's who in the middleweight division. That you know would smash Michael Bisping. You know, including Anderson Silva. If Anderson Silva would have had. Ten more seconds in that fight, he would have stopped him. And I still think that me, you know, now nah, I, I think it, I think it was a flash knockout. I just do, you know. And the bell saved him, you know. So, like I said, and that's why I say he's one of the luckiest dudes like ever. Like who survives that and come back and win. So, again, you know, he he went in there and did the job, but. It's, a, it's some bullshit going on, man. You know, GSP, who has never fought at middleweight before, all of a sudden comes back. He gets to pick the dude that he feel like least is threatening to him to take his title. It would be funny if Michael Bisping beat the brakes off of him. He beat the brakes off of him, and, and I wouldn't even have nothing crazy to say because it's like that's what you get for putting that motherfucker in the ring because you – you're basically using GSP to try to draw some numbers, and especially if they had that fight in Canada. Right. You know they, 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 you know, it's it's a business now, man. You talking about, you know, the UFC, you know that I, I, you know, I'm accustomed to, you know, these last ten years or so it was the best fighting the best. You know, their whole thing was well, we're not going to do no freak show stuff. <laughs> well, it's turning into a it's turning into a freak show, you know, right in front of us, right. and, and it's just it's just super sad, uh, super sad. Meanwhile, you look at that Bellator card that's coming up in London. Oh my God, that looks so great, dude! Yeah. <laughs> dude, I'm excited you know, for that. It, it looks super, and it was announced today. That the winner of the Rory McDonald Paul Daly fight will fight the winner of the Lima uh, Larkin fight for the title. Man, so that's super dark. Like, talk about a story. Changing. Say again. Talk about building a story. Man, look, look, look. Scott Coker knows what he's doing. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you gotta lure people in and get them interested. And if they keep tuning in to you, you know, they, they see how your pro how, how it's progressing into, you know, like, wait a minute, these dudes are serious. Cause that's a solid ass car, bro. Top to bottom. That's a solid car. And, you know, say what you want, you know, but, 
the tide is changing, man. People better start waking up and realizing. You know, I don't want to sound like I'm like the Bellator cheerleader or nothing like that, you know, but, you know, I, right. I just know what I've seen. You know, if I haven't seen it, I wouldn't even speak about it, but I've seen it. I've seen Scott Coker and, and what he's what he's been doing, uh, you know, with Strike Force and now with Bellator, man. And you know, we go we gonna be in bigger arenas, and they gonna be in casinos soon. We gonna be in bigger arenas, and we. I'm telling you, you know, the WWF or WWE was the best when. It had competition, yeah. then that competition took over. And Scott Coker, I mean, he had momentum. You know, he had that momentum at Strike Force. It was happening. And then, you know, they didn't re they didn't redo the contract with 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 Showtime and UFC wound up purchasing Strike Force. And then they held Scott Coker down for you know the length of his contract. And here we are. He's in charge of Bellator, man. So this is Scott Coker, man. So salute to that dude. Um, you know, follow the fighters. You know, don't follow the the organizations. Follow the fighters, man. Uh, I'm having a good time watching what's happening with Bellator and what I've seen. Yeah. The rest of these organizations that's that's coming up and, and really trying to change the game in a different way. And bring bring back respect to what we all love, which is mixed martial arts, man. It's you know, I'm not the guy that's going to Vegas on the weekend to party when it's a fight. I'm there to enjoy the festivities, but the fight is the main thing that I'm there for. Oh, definitely. And 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 you need fans. You need more fans like that that are passionate about the sport. You know, I mean, I get the whole casual fans, man, but they are the worst. Oh, I hate <laughs> and I think the I think they're the worst in in MMA. Like when you think of casual fans of all different types, the casual fans in MMA are pretty bad. Yeah, man, this is man. You know, trying to have a conversation with them, you know, it, it's it's just for me, it'd be disheartening because I feel like I'm wasting energy. Oh yeah, I'm wasting words. Where you know, like talking to a person who really don't get it, you know, and win or lose, whoever I'm rooting for, um, I give it up, you know. But I call it as I see it. They don't, you know, they don't get that, or you know, even when you talk about boxing with Floyd, you know, you know, they think fighting is rock 'em sock 'em robots. Fighting is the art of hitting without getting hit. Who wants to take a fucking punch to the face? Nobody wants hard. to take punches, man. Shoot, no. <laughs> Nobody wants to take punches. <laughs> you know, you they think Floyd supposed to stand there and just let somebody punch him in the fucking face and then throw another punch. Nah, get the fuck out of here, man. They, those are the worst fans, man. He's running. How is he running? He's running. You know, well, dang, you know, you, you guys, you know, you clown him about the Pac-Man performance, but what you really should be mad at is Pac-Man. Pac-Man didn't do what y'all thought he was going to do. 
You know, Floyd went in there and did exactly what I knew he would do, be defensive and not waste no punches. You know, so, yeah, the the, the casual fan, man, whoo, bless you, man, bless you. It just sucks that this uh, that this UFC uh, middleweight division is is being held up now for this this mat this fight that the UFC was trying to put on to bring you know GSP back or whatever. When there's so much there's so many contenders at the top of this divi- division, and all of them and who knows who knows when anyone's gonna actually get a title shot. Because of how far in the in the, in, in the future this uh, Bisbing uh, GSP fight is gonna be, who you know who knows when that's gonna actually be. So it kind of it's kind of sucks that it uh, that it's kind of holding up this division. Um, yeah. For yeah, me, real shit. For me, my for me after all this, you know, the dust settles and the smoke clears, I hope I I'm really caping to ha- to that Robert Whitaker gets a uh, title shot at some point that and that, he that would be dope I, you know what i'm thinking is damn it's funny that you said that what about Joel romeo and robert whitaker for the interim title yeah sure cool yeah it's just like that makes sense that makes sense man and the thing is robert whitaker he he said that he's in really no rush to get a title shot he'll do what he whatever he wants he he'll fight you know and that's what i like about him you know he's uh he's a good fighter but he's uh he's kind of quiet as kept but at the same time he'll 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 fight you know and i respect a guy like that you know so that's why like out of yeah. all like out of all these guys i you know i want him to i would like to i would like him to be champ and you know what i, I i'd like him um uh, my, my my boy Mike Hill, you know, he was like, uh, he was like, uh, you know, because I made a comment, you know, of course I picked Jocker Ray because of his experience, because of his pedigree, because of, you know, just a lot of reasons why we all, for the most part, picked Jocker Ray. That didn't mean I didn't know nothing about Robert Whitaker, man. That dude is a monster. So, you know, did it surprise me that he beat Jocker Ray? Sure. But he, it, it surprised everybody across the world that, that was watching this fight. So, um, salute to Robert Whitaker, man. Um, yeah, you know, the, the sky's the limit for that guy, man. I, I would love to see him get that interim, uh, title shot, you know, but the humility says everything, man. And I, I'm really big on humility, man. So dude's going to go far. I'm pretty sure he's going to be a champion, man. You know, you can't stop guys with that will like that. Definitely. This uh, this Saturday is the is UFC 211, um, headlined by uh, Stipe Miocic versus uh, Dos Anjos, uh, the rematch between those guys. Uh, this is a mm-hmm. this is a you know, pretty stacked card. So much so that the Eddie Alvarez Dustin Poirier fight is the headliner for the pre- preliminaries. And that's crazy. <laughs> How do you go from headlining? A pay per view with Conor McGregor to headlining uh, the 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 preliminary. That's just not like it's like, God, come on, man, are you kidding me? Right. You know, I was kind of shocked to see like that, that, man. I was kind of shocked to see that uh, that that was on the prelims, because uh, yeah, I I I enjoy seeing Dustin Poirier fight, and I was like, I think this is going to be a good fight, you know. 
And yeah, I do too. And I do too. But, I don't, I, that's a pick up fight for me, man, because I like both guys. Yeah, Eddie, Eddie Alvarez is super cool. You know, I've been around him, you know, several times, man. He always was real respectful, man. You know, he. I met him over in Bellator. You know, he cool dude, man. But I didn't think kind of rolled through him like that, but it happened. But I think to me, it's disrespectful to have that dude on. You know, you're pulling headlining, you're preliminary. That's cool. I guess it's cool. You headlining and you have millions of people watching you, but still. I didn't like the fact that um, they had Mo, you know, Mo should have been on that pay-per-view against Ryan Bader, not the headlining, you know, before the pay-per-view. I realized that's a stacked card, but you're talking about having your best fighters on the pay-per-view. Ryan Bader is top five in the world. Right. How do you not have him on that pay-per-view? That made no sense to me. So, I mean, but, I mean, it made sense in the aspect TV-wise. I get that. But I just, that or any other card, that could have been a pay-per-view. Pay-per-view matchup. Definitely. Just in my, just in my opinion. <laughs> um, also at uh, 211, uh, you got Frankie Edgar versus Yara Rodriguez. Uh, this should be an exciting fight. Uh, yeah, I want to see what Frankie Edgar got, man. I just want to see where his head's at. It seemed like it seemed like uh, not not too long ago it was kind of dicey about whether he would come back to the UFC. Yeah, he was talking about retiring, right? Yeah, either retiring or going somewhere else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I want to see where his head's at. We'll know Saturday looking at him. We'll know, we'll know where he is, what he's looking like. <laughs> right, right. And then uh, we have Damian Maia versus uh, Masvidal. Uh, this was a fight that, uh, you know, a lot of other people in the welterweight division, like, uh, were saying, uh, you know, Maia was kind of stupid to take uh, because he is a contender, and this could, uh, you know, you know, drop his stock because Masvidal's been kind of like the headhunter in this division. But you kind of, you know, Maya's a fighter. You know, he wants to fight. You know, uh, is you that know some... I'm rooting for. I'm rooting, I'm, I mean, I like Masvidal. Yeah, but I'm rooting for Damian Maya, man. You know, um, that dude Jujitsu is fucking incredible. Um, he's nasty. Uh, his striking has improved throughout the years. I remember that guy going against Anderson Silva years ago, and you know his striking wasn't there. You know you could just see how he's focused on different things to become a, a more well-rounded fighter. You know, um, when you have jujitsu like his, you you know you get a fighter to the ground. You don't have to depend on too much. He learned that he needed to throw hands, man. So, and he's an OG in my opinion, man. So, I want to see that dude win. No disrespect to uh, Masvidal. Um, great performance against, uh, that was uh, Cowboy Cerrone he smashed, right? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, um, great performance. And, you know, uh, again, you're a strike force guy. You know, I remember seeing you over there. So, um yeah, salute to you, but I, 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 
you know, I'm, uh, I've been rooting for Danny and Maya uh, a minute now. Uh, it would be good if he won on Saturday and then, you know, granted he doesn't have any injuries that can hold him back, challenge Woodley, and then that's your fight for the July weekend. Hell yeah, hell yeah. I'll be down for that. You know, you know I like Tyron Woodley, but he get ahead of himself sometimes. He want people to like him so much, and you can just, <laughs> you know, you know, those type dudes like. I, I don't give a fuck about how a person, you know, view me as a rapper or, you know, a person. You don't know me, man. But to me, he he wants people to, you know, like him. And I just think, you know, he go out there and do what he what, what he gonna do and, and smash people. You know, um, he approved daughters wrong and. You know, you don't really have to. I get the he's right in a lot of aspects of MMA as far as the black fighter. I totally get that. Oh yeah. But, but even with that, you know, you gotta. You know, I ain't saying he he don't show class because, you know, I just think sometimes he 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 talks a little bit too much, man. He don't need to, man. Can he just keep doing what he's doing, man? I, I, you know, I have roots. I roots for people. He's he's always been an underdog, so for him to be champion now is pretty cool. You know, he beat my boy Robbie Lawler, so you know I, I want to see him win. But you know, choose your battles, man. Because you know, to be honest with you, you know, it's like what Nate Diaz was saying, man. Belts don't really mean shit no more. Right. It's just, uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's it, belts help you more in a sense, as far as people knowing you're the champion. But Nate Diaz, just in my opinion, is such a high man that, you know, if you're on a car with him, you know, you're not going to main event. He's going to main event because he's Nate fucking Diaz. <laughs> you know, right. he's built, and, he, and he's built his fucking name on, throughout the years, you know, his way. And you know, some somebody like GSP, I mean, I get who he is, but he comes straight to the main event, the middleweight division. The middleweight division. Why not go fight Teron? You know, get him that payday. You chose Michael Bisbee because you thought he was the easiest route. See, shit like that make me kind of want to root against you. And I like GSP, man. How, how do you not like GSP? That's like apple pie type shit. <laughs> but, um... But just, you know, it's obvious he picked him, you know, because he thought he was the easier fighter. I can hear George saying that that, that is not true. That, that That is not true, you know, but <laughs> I think it's true. <laughs> it's like a stock market. <laughs> exactly. That is not true. That is not true. You know, but, yeah, you know, I really believe, you know, he, he chose Biz because he was the easiest route. To a title, because if he wins, he's vacating. He's not defending. GSP and Yoel Romero, fuck no, man. Yoel Romero is a fucking monster. He is right. a killer. No gate, Jesus! <laughs> no! That's what he said, man. I'm just, 
Just repeat. Hey, don't kill the messenger, man. I'm just repeating. <laughs> your... No. No, gay Jesus. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Speaking of belts, uh, also I two love of you. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Speaking of belts, at 211, the women's strawweight uh, title is up for grabs. The champion, Joanna Yanjacek, is uh, fighting Jessica and Jaja. <laughs> Man, that's gonna be a hell of a fight, bro. Yeah, man. That's gonna be that. That's a pick on fight for me too, man. Because I've seen old girls uh, last fight, and I was like, "Ooh, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a smack." Didn't she knock her out with a head kick or some shit like that? Uh, which one? Who? Uh, not not the champion, the challenger. Oh, uh, Jessica Andrade. Um, yeah, she knocked somebody out with a fight. It wasn't a punch; it was a head kick. It was like a. It was one of those when you saw it, you was like, ooh. Like, ooh, yeah. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, <laughs> she kicked her and then she, she smashed her with the hammer with one hand. Yeah. It was pretty, too. <laughs> it was. Like, in your face, girl. In your face. <laughs> nah, yeah, that should be nah, that should be a good fight, man. N- another good uh women's matchup. Um, I'm looking forward to. Uh, and then in the uh the main event, you have uh, Stipe Miocic versus uh Junior Dos Santos. Uh, do uh, I mean this? You know, this uh, heavyweight belt has been kind of a hot potato past couple years. Uh, do you think uh, Stipe uh keeps it? Um. You know, honestly, you know what I'm hoping for? I'm hoping that Junior Dos Santos wins. Okay. Because if he wins, he he's going to want payback against the ring. And Ooh. the ring, I just, I just believe he's going to be champion and he's going to retire. I, that's just how I see it. I think he's going to win the belt, complete complete his his trophy case and and retire. I, I I see him having one possible one more possible title run. And if the stars align and JDS wins, because JDS is already one up on uh you know uh steel steel yeah why I keep fucking on after <laughs> I always fuck this dude's name up. Steve Abiochik <laughs> Steel, Steel Chick. What's his name? What's first name? Stipe. Just say Stipe. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to call him motherfucking Stipe. Stipe! Whatever. <laughs> um, um, yeah, he, he already won up with my man Stipe. And, um, you know, if he wins, he'd be two up on him. So that wouldn't, it wouldn't be a quick rematch. Because he already two two up on him, and if Alistair wins his next fight against whomever it is, then that sets up a, a, a rematch between them two. Why not? Why not? Why not? You know. So and, and JDS gonna be talking his shit, and Alistair. You know, I don't know if you've seen. I got you know I got the new ring is up. I ain't, you know it came out last week. I need to need to watch that, but. Um, I don't know if you've seen him lately, but he looking like the old ring. Like yeah. he eating horse meat again. Yeah, man, he looking scary, bro. He's looking real scary, man. <laughs> so who knows what's going on? But 
you know, um, follow the fire. I keep saying it. I'm always say this: follow the fighters, not the organizations. You know, if you, you know, if you follow the fighters, you'll see that all the fighters is not one of the organization. You'll learn more. You know, and, and you know, be an independent thinker. Don't don't be a, a bandwagon. UFC, UFC. Does he do? I hate this shit right here. Does he do UFC? What the fuck is that? Does he do UFC? <laughs> Does he do UFC? No. No, he doesn't. But he's an MMA fighter. Oh, I thought he did UFC. Oh, man. What the he fuck? Tell you, God. I'm Let me the conversations that I be Look, when somebody talk to me like they know what they're talking about, I get happy, and I can I can start talking to them because it's like, right? You know, I want to hear your point of view now, and it's refreshing. But try talking to an idiot, man. It ain't they fault that they idiots. They just, (laughs) you know, they don't they they don't know, but they are stupid idiots. Shout out to Chris Jericho. (laughs) Stupid idiots, man. Before we close the the show out, that's one, that's that's one thing about this week. No Chris Jericho on WWE television, and it was such a void, man. It was such a void. <laughs> man, uh, man, you know what? I had I, I DVR SmackDown. I'm probably gonna watch it after I, you know, when we finish. I'm gonna call Bump back. Yeah. Um, when I get a phone with him, I'm gonna watch SmackDown. I'm, I'm gonna set that up with him too. Um, you know, we get that done soon. Yeah. But uh, I'm I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch it. Uh, and, and oh man, you telling me that already no, heard me. No but stupid it's, idiots. It's cool. No it's no list of Jericho. No friends oh, of Jericho, God. man. Like it, I'm already missing them, dude. Like oh man, I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to watch him on YouTube. Right, man. Like <laughs> literally. I feel, what? I, look, I, look, I got. I got everything. I record every week, man. So I got all my raws from this year so far, man. So I, I could go back and watch them, man. So we can, we can, we can definitely go relive. <laughs> you just made the list. I was in in waiting for him to call me to do that interview. Like I, I started just watching stuff online on YouTube, and I started watching mm-hmm. his uh, his debut in the WWF uh, when he came out mm-hmm. uh, with the rock was out there. And I'm like, dude, this was mm-hmm. so good. <laughs> right. This debut was so good. And the, and just rem- you remember how they how they set it up by doing the, the Y2, uh, like the Y2K countdown all the time. It would just come out of oh, nowhere. Man, that was great. That was one of the best setups for a debut ever, man. I was like, <laughs> And then I just I just watched it. I'm like, dude, this is so good, man. I'm like, holy crap, man, this is so good. I'm telling you, man, people people better start appreciating that dude right now, man. I, I'm I'm super happy that I've I've watched him really from day one. You know, not right. in the WWE, but shit, I can remember him in uh, WCW. Back when he, you know, like Chris Jericho used to do. He, look, the funny thing is, if you look at him now, from now to when he started, yeah, he still does the same fucking moves. Lion saw, 
he still has the same finisher. Like yeah. like the cold breaker is a new finisher for him really in the last what uh six, seven years. Um but he still does the same shit. He still high flies. He Yeah. It may be a different it may be a different level of high fly, but it's still Chris Jericho. It's it's all it's almost like in the same vein of the of the Undertaker being an OG, but still doing old school yeah. on the top rope. You know, so I, I'm a huge Chris Jericho fan, but he, you know, I old man this year I probably wouldn't be had like him being on Raw for for the longest time was the only reason I watched Raw because I wanted to see what he was going to say. And that's when that's when wrestling is like, it reminded me of, like, you didn't give a fuck if The Rock wrestled. Right. You like, just wanted to hear what he was going to say next. Right. And that's Chris Jericho. You wanted to hear what he was going to say next, man. And yeah, it, 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 if Raw was whack, I knew Chris Jericho was dope. <laughs> Straight up. Always, Straight up. always, man. He was always the Easily highlight. Easily my favorite dude right now. Him and AJ Styles. Definitely, definitely, man. So yeah, it's it's already a void, man. Without hat, with. Like... Oh man, I don't even need to watch match. <laughs> I, I, well, I seen I, I seen the end of the match with AJ Styles. You know, maybe I need to. Oh man, you, oh, that's a downer, man. That's a downer. This this week SmackDown uh, was just kind of rehashing everything from the week prior, and everything kind of going down with uh, with. I ain't uh, this gender hall shit. It's it's. Uh, I, I can't wait till I don't know. Just uh, I don't know, man. It, it just it it's just the same old stuff. It really there was nothing really on both Raw and SmackDown this week. That really advanced the the storylines or anything, and the thing was, and we talked about it last week. There was raw previous the previous week had that really amazing main event in the way it ended, and mm-hmm. this week, I mean, did you watch Raw on Monday? About asleep on it. See, the thing was is that they didn't really, they didn't really, you know grab on to how amazing I mean they still had things with with um you know uh Seth Rollins and uh Samoa Joe um mm-hmm. but they they didn't really they could have uh but they had they had like Bray Wyatt versus I think Dean Ambrose or something and yeah um, that shit was corny and it was corny that and they didn't really even uh like continue on with whatever was going on between Finn Balor and, and Bray Wyatt. Like that was kind of a cool thing that I thought was going to start. And then they just didn't do anything the next week. Like they had separate things or something. So I was just like, Oh, you guys just like, you had a really dope ending to raw last week and didn't really kind of continue it. You know, didn't latch on to how good that actual ending was and how, how, how how many storylines it continued or started? So, eh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the writers, man. The writers fuck up real quick. They fuck up real quick all the time. Ah, <sighs> oh, well, man. 
Whatever. <laughs> All right, that's about it for this week's episode. It was the Chris Jericho episode. Drink it in, yeah. man. Bring it in, man. <laughs> All right, Vsauce. Where can everybody see uh, find you online? All right, hit me up on uh, Twitter forward. Twitter.com forward slash VStyles, V-S-T-Y-L-E-Z. Same thing with the Facebook forward slash V-S-T-Y-L-E-Z. Hit me up on uh, Facebook.com for my V-Style verified page at forward slash official V-Styles. And you can hit me up forward slash V-Styles on Instagram, V-S-T-Y-L-E-Z. Great. Thanks for listening. See y'all next week. Peace. Fresh is the word.